Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Passions Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the soap opera passions. I'm your regular host, Latara, back again with Dr. Eric Vera. Hello, hello. It's always so good to be here. And to our listeners, I have some solid advice for you uh, from this week. It's that uh, never go up against a girl who can tell a tree what to do and the tree will listen to her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we have we Simone says that this week because uh, Cherry's the tree the tree whisperer apparently yeah. she can uh-huh. tell she can give trees directions. Yeah, so we are definitely gonna get into that this week. It was so fun. This is a great week. We did oh, five ninety one yeah. through five ninety five. We're we're uh, getting into six hundred, so things are kind of revving up, and it was a great week. Great week for very good Ivy. It was a great week. Oh yeah. All right, so before we get into the episode, let me give a quick shout out to all our patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Breland, Lisa, Sid, Serana, Randall, Hannah, Camelia, Samantha, Jeanette, Eric, Fantasia, Sean, S, Larissa, Maria, George Lopez, Fitzgerald, Lisa, Jessica Jean, Laura, Karen, Uche, and Justin. Thank you all so very much for being patrons. Remember, if you out there in podcast land would like to become a patron of the passions podcast just go over to passionspodcast.com slash no patreon.com slash passions podcast and sign up for any tier you find agreeable i mean you can go to passionspodcast.com too and and get there through through the podcast and through the website because it is still up i'm still paying for it so please use the website (laughs) um but yeah let's let's get into this Week is gonna be a long one, y'all. Y'all better might as well strap in because I got a lot to say about my not so lovable lunatic this week. I was about to say I was gonna point out a listener's Latara's on theme. Uh, lovable lunatic merch is there as well, but also you have uh, a locket that I would assume has your former lover Sam Bennett and your son Ethan. No, it's just my my little eight year old niece. Oh, the picture. Oh no. More fitting. More fitting. I fixed it. It's my little. Oh, it fell out again. Okay. But I thought that was a good a, a good um, matchup. Uh, you have a little Ivy and a little uh, Teresa together a today. Ivy and a little Teresa. But yeah. Um. Let me put this back in here. That that fell right out. Okay. Um. But we're not gonna go right to Teresa yet, y'all. You know how it works over here. We're not jumping right into the meat. We're gonna start in Bermuda. <sighs> Yep. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, Ooh. I want to take you take to ya. Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, Diana. Okay. <laughs> so, y'all, Sheridan or Diana, whatever y'all want to call her, um, she is sitting down She's and she can recall the death of her love and she's thinking about this man that she had this great love with and that he is dead. We are... She just remembers holding his lifeless body in her hands and her arms. She says she can see his voice. I see his face. She can hear his voice, but she just can't figure out his name. Brian then tells her, like she's talking to Brian. She's bearing her soul to him. She's being extremely like vulnerable, going through these like big emotions. And he tells her, stop dwelling on the past. Focus on the future. (laughs) And what is her main objective right now? Trying to remember. Yeah. He says, <laughs> what he a says, dick. Stop dwelling on the past. Focus on the future. And then she says, What future? I have no one. And 
and nothing. And he says, yes, you do. You have me. Yeah, the fact that he's telling her to stop dwelling on the past is very irritating. It's like, I can't, I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to put the pieces together of my past. I don't remember my, how can I dwell on something I don't remember? Exactly. It's so frustrating. And he, and he, this is just the beginning because he keeps trying to gonna separate her from her non her non-existent past. I mean, she has nothing, and so he's even hell bent on just making sure she doesn't remember a single thing. This is just the beginning because yeah, later he so they're like having this conversation. He tells her, you know, don't dwell on the past. You have a future. You have a future here. You have somebody. You have me, um, which doesn't make a person who has really has nothing and no one. It doesn't make them feel better. I don't know you. You're a stranger to me. Yeah. Like, it's nice that you're here and you're being nice-ish to me, but, like, I don't know you, sir. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel better that I, you're I here. Yeah, when I think about this, I sit there and I'm like, do I remember if I liked him or not? I, re I think I was really indifferent with him the first time around. This time, I'm getting very annoyed by him very, very quickly. Um, and I, I yes. Please feel free. You've said it before. I, you can say it again. I cannot stand this man. Yeah. I cannot stand. I can't stand the grass he walks on. <laughs> I, I don't like him one bit. Because then, <clears throat> later, he and Diana are like going back to her room or back into the hotel. And he says, Diana, I have to ask you, do you believe in love at first sight? <clears throat> Shut up. Shut up. <sighs> How old are you? Grow up, number one. Number two, uh, he says, uh, do you believe in love at first sight? And she says, I don't know. I've never heard about it happening. I don't know if I believe in it. He says, well, it's true because it happened to me. Diana, I love you. And then he kisses her. He yeah. says he loves her. And then he kisses her. And she starts to kiss him back. And then she pushes him off and says, you know what? I'm so sorry. I should not have let you kiss me. I felt like you were the man that I loved for a moment there. I I, I thought you were like the man that I've been thinking of. Yeah. And uh, he very flippantly is like, he's obviously annoyed and very flippantly is like, the, the man you say you once loved, you said he was dead. Why did he say it like that? I know. You said he was dead. So that means you get to kiss me and I'm supposed to be okay with it because he's dead? Allegedly? I don't know. She doesn't really know that he's dead. She just ha has had that one memory. But it's out of context. Again, and it's the moment where they were locked up in the crane archives and they were running out of air. Or no, he got shocked, right? I think yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So she's remembering that. But also I'm like, again, I don't know the rules of passions and amnesia, but like she just jumps to that conclusion right away. It's like, well, you didn't go, you didn't see a funeral montage. I mean, like, you don't know. You don't but know. She I can't blame know. her for not knowing anything. I mean, I, I guess I would jump to that conclusion as well, but yeah well he says you said he was dead <laughs> diana's like i know it would take a miracle for him to come back to life or to bring him back to me but i i love him and the love i have for him will never die it is so deep inside of me that it will last forever okay go that's sheridan talking that ain't yeah diana. It, it, it it really is when, yeah great point i loved i loved that she was like yeah, yeah. i have 
this feeling of love that I don't feel for you. And you're saying you love me. And she keeps saying to him, you don't love me. We just met. She says that again, oh. that's Sheridan talking. Yeah. And she does that for a while. Um, I don't know if we talked about the rose bushes um, or if we're there yet, but she'll bring we up another thing. We had talked about the roses like last week or the week before. Okay, got it. Yeah, she put them in the friend zone, basically. She's like, I appreciate your friendship so much. So that's mm -hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brian keeps telling her, he keeps telling her that he loves her, even though she keeps protesting against it. And um, she says, we just met. There's no way you love me. And she says, you just feel sorry for me and you you saved me physically and now you're trying to save me emotionally because you yeah. see how how upset upset i am about the man that i once loved or the man that i do love who has i believe has died um and you just feel sorry for me um he just keeps to, again he just keeps telling her he loves her yeah and she keeps telling him to stop yeah <laughs> She keeps saying, please, basically saying, please stop. Don't tell me you love me like that. And he won't because he's selfish, because he's selfish and self-centered. And he only cares about what he wants. He is taking the Steve Urkel approach where I'm wearing you down. I mean, that's what he's going to do. He's going to wear her down. But at least Steve Urkel was a child, right? <laughs> like, at least Steve Urkel was a child with a crush. And, yeah. uh, you know, but and and he did eventually wear Laura down, you know, yeah. but and I know Brian will eventually kind of wear Diana down. But who was expecting so a Family cool. Matters reference in today's episode? Not me, but that's you where gotta, my brain went. <laughs> you got to always be ready for any reference. Our brains, we have such like both. I think you and I both have such like pop culture minds. Yeah. Like we love TV and film and like yeah. pop, pop culture in general. So, yeah, I. I can make a reference to a thousand different things. I think yeah. things all the time that I just like keep to myself and be like, nobody's going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to laugh but me. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yes, I'm wearing you down. Mm. <laughs> That's what Brian's trying to do. Yeah. He's literal. He's quite literally love bombing her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she does not like it, which m most people don't. But um, anyway, yeah, because she even says, you can't love me like this. I know what true love is and I will never feel that again. That is mm. a powerful statement to, again, remind Brian, you're in the friend zone, man. Like this, this that I remember, the one memory that I have and that you can't take away from me is how much this dude loved me and I loved him. Yep. And yes, yeah, she says what you just said. It was very powerful. And then she starts to cry. And he says, don't cry, Diana. And he hugs her and, you know, they have a have a moment. Um, yeah. Don't cry for Louise, Diana. <laughs> I see Evita behind you and I've been thinking it since. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I went with them. I was like, what is, uh, what is some epic divas for this episode that features some outrageous, outstanding diva performances? So I went with those two. Evita and Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls is great for, I feel like for Teresa. Yeah. Your Dreamgirls. Ethan is supposed to love me. Bam, bam, bam. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Ethan was supposed to love me. There you are, Teresa. I've been looking all over. I find, uh, I turn my back and find myself out on the line. Don't get me started. I can do that whole scene. I can do the oh, entire yeah. scene. I can do the whole thing. It's so yeah. fucking good. You could have warned me, but that would have been too kind. And then I Ivy comes in saying, yeah. who you calling common? <laughs> self-indulgent, self-absorbing, not professional. 
sluts, you slut. No, <laughs> Ivy. Ivy called her a slut so many oh, times I know. this week. Okay, See how okay. we're I know we're so excited to get over there. Shoeys. Let's get through these these fucking people. Okay, because these no my notes eventually just get to I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I like at a certain point, and we're almost there. So um Brian hugs Diana because she's crying, and then he takes her up to lover's leap. And I thought <sighs> He, and then and then when they get up there, okay, so Lover's Leap is like this hill that kind of overlooks the rest of the island. And it it's like you it's like a cliff and the ocean is there, right? And, and there's lore. There's lore, that, just like freaking Warlock Island with cousins. They have yes, lore here too. There's lore. So they go for this walk, which is supposed to be making her feel better. And then he tells her this story. He says, Yes, this is Lover's Leap. It's called that because some woman jumped from here to her death after finding out that her <laughs> lover was lost at sea. How the fuck is that supposed to help her feel better about the fact that her, the guy that she loves is presumably dead and that she was lost at sea? How's this supposed to make her feel better? It won't. Why would he think this would yeah. help? I don't know. Anyway, I wrote LOL. She nearly falls off the cliff. Of <laughs> I course. Because I cracked up. Oh, she, I did too. Okay. So then they're like standing on the overlook. And she has on this little chiffon scarf. Uh, and it the wind kind of carries it away. And she, without thinking, tries to grab it. And she loses her footing. And she goes over the edge of this cliff. Well, of course, Brian catches her, pulls her back up. It, it, you know, it was just... A moment to, to to mirror all of the times that Luis has saved her. Now we're trying to pull, uh, kind of keep score with how many times yeah. uh, Brian has saved her too, right? Brian is is got two now, but that's probably no way. <laughs> what is happening? You did this and the balloons came up. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about... Talk about bloopers. What mine doesn't do that. Fucking <laughs> put play the tab with the kooky music. This is weird. <laughs> that is bizarre. So weird. <laughs> okay, what were you what were you saying? What the fuck? Okay, that is a blooper. Cut that out. Uh, I'm leaving it in. It was hilarious. <laughs> well now I'm totally distracted by fucking balloons. Maybe balloons came up off the cliffs. I was gonna say there is a very like the good son moment there with Elijah Wood mm -hmm. and Macaulay Culkin. Uh she no, it's just really she's holding on to her, holding on to the cliff. And yet what I was saying was he is He's got two saving of Sheridan's lives or Diana's life, um, whereas he has a lot more. He's got a lot more room to make up because Luis, I'm sure, has him beat still. Yeah, I, Luis has saved her life several, 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 several yeah. times. Okay, so yeah, she almost falls off the cliff. It was stupid. Whatever. Uh, he said, and then he says, "I don't know what I would have done if you had fallen." I don't know. You you move on with your life. We've only known each we haven't known each other that long. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. insensitive. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's just like I don't know what I would do. He no. He's just so over. It's yeah. It's oh. It's over the top. It yeah. you know. It's too much. Too soon. Uh. But anyway. Meanwhile, Luis has shown up to this island. And it, we they have so many near misses. And let me tell y'all, I looked it up because I was like, how many, how long are they gonna subject me to this bullshit? I looked it up. 
Because I, I was like, I know it takes a while for Sheridan yeah. to get her, her memories back. It's going to take almost a full year from the yep. point where we are. until. So at no point are they, I, I'm just not doing it. I'm Every time they have a near miss, I'm not even going to fucking talk about it. I'm just be like, they missed each other a fucking again. I'm I, sick of it. I was going to say, if you want to make it even remotely entertaining take a shot every time it happens but mm. if you do it regularly uh you may pass from alcohol poisoning it's just that much yeah you're gonna get cirrhosis of the liver because yeah. it's so often yes louis shows up and we get multiple in instances where he literally just walks right past where Sheridan is. Yeah. Um, he goes into her room at one point, mistaking it for room nine because her room is room six and the six has fallen and so it looks like a nine. He leaves their picture on the nightstand. All of these different things. None of it comes to fruition. None yeah. of it, nothing comes of any of it. And nothing. it's extremely frustrating. Like, I, I, it, I don't know. It's just very frustrating. I did, I, I did think that uh, the writers were sending him some, sending us subliminal messages about the number six and nine. They complete each other. And then I started going about, I was just being, I'm just being a child and talking about the word 69. Yeah, that's where I'm okay. going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 69. Uh, but then Liz also calls Luis nine to just again give us more. Yeah more ambigu uh, ambiguity uh to really just confuse us and just be like will they meet each other no because such... they can't even ask for his name it's such bullshit because she says oh hey number nine liz says oh hey number nine and he goes oh actually my name is she's like don't even bother telling me your name i'm not gonna remember it girl what the fuck kind of business are you running like you, what kind of hotel doesn't tells the guests like don't tell me your name I, i'm not gonna bother learning your name when i actually when i worked at hotels it was like a big deal for us to like greet guests by name mr yeah. jones miss yeah. johnson yeah anyway um yeah she that's so annoying so because she would she could call him luis the same yeah. way she's been calling diana diana you know, yeah. but yeah, that was so dumb. Oh, the whole thing was so stupid. And then it's another uh, uh, thing about this, too, because Luis, much like Rose from Titanic, travels with framed pictures of Sheridan. Um, and she, Liz sees it and is like, hey, is that a picture of your person? And they still manage to not expose the photo that would say that Sheridan is, in fact, Diana. Yeah, no, it was all very stupid. I was by that point in the week, I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's not going to see it. Of course she's not going to see it. Because, again, I had already looked up. That shit doesn't come out until, like, August 2022, and we are in October 2021. So I'm not – you're not going to get me, Passions. Not this time. Yeah. I, 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 although Passions got me once this week, and we will talk about it. Oh, okay. They got yeah. me good. They actually got me good. Okay. So, yes, they keep having near misses. At one point, Luis goes up to Lover's uh, Leap. Because Liz tells him, if you want to get a view of the island, that's the best place to go. So he goes up there. Of course, he just has just missed Sheridan and uh, Brian. Uh, but then he sees this chiffon scarf that is wrapped around like a branch that is jutting out over this cliff. And he risks his life to get it. And he's like, I don't know why I'm risking my life yeah, to get even, this scarf. I love that he said it out loud, too. Me, too. Me, too. Because if if he hadn't said that, like that something was kind of compelling him to do that, then I was just be like, what the fuck? Why is he, <laughs> you know, why are you risking your life for this?
this cheap ass chiffon ass scarf, you know. Anyway, so he he does manage to get it. He he almost falls too, but he pulls yeah. himself back up. And then he smells it, and he says it smells like Sheridan. Hmm. Yeah. You know, could have been going somewhere with this, but we again. Weren't. I don't want to be so like just so cynic and so mean that I'm like, you know what? I believe in signs. I really do. I, I believe that there, I, I believe in our intuition, like something telling us that something's happening. But and when they, passion just beats us over the head with it. I mean, like Sheridan looking up at the air and seeing a plane and going, maybe someone on there knows who I am. I mean, like, yes, but like, Someone at St. Lisa's who's eating, you know, who who they said a young man just got here might know you too. Um, so it's just, again, I don't want to sound so mean and stuff, but at the same point, passion just beats you over the head with it too much. Now I'm scared you to do hand gestures. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that sounds mean. I think, yeah, I mean, passions is mean to us by doing this. Yeah. Yeah. This was mean. Like this whole <laughs> thing was so mean and nasty. Yeah. Oh, so rude and so nasty. So, um, yeah, he he gets the scarf. He smells it. He thinks it smells like Sheridan. I actually, this was one that I actually liked. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It cuts, like you said, you said they did it. They beat your over the beat us over the head with it. It happens so much. There's a lot of like these. I got a strange feeling. Stuff. I have an intuition. You know all that stuff. Yeah. However, this was one they could have peppered just two or three in, and I was like, this is yes. right. But the fact that they had that the scarf was a good one because yeah, it would have her scent her her aroma on there yeah and that olfactory memories are so strong mm -hmm. like when you smell something and it can just i i'm going to tell a, you back i'm yeah. going to tell a quick little tangent story one time about olfactory memory my granny uh my mom's mom used to buy the orange dial soap the gold bars you know uh -huh. you know those that's the only soap she ever used. And it has a very specific smell. A smell that I like. Well, it happened to be like on sale one day at the store. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get these. I'm going to get these gold bars. Granny used to get these all the time. Da, da, da. And I always get the white ones. And because um, for those of you out there who are being judgmental about me using bar soap, I use both bar soap and body wash because yeah. I do I, I double wash. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I bought the gold bars. I got in the shower one day and I oh I was like I opened it and I immediately like was started smelling it and my grand my granny has passed she's been gone for yeah. a, a good long time now I was in high school when she passed away, and when I say I was in the bathroom in the shower sobbing, sobbing oh. and like it was like because at first it was like really nostalgic but then it was like oh my god and it was just so overwhelming the smell was so overwhelming that like it I had to throw the entire pack of soap out I threw it away. I was yeah. like, there's no way. I'm not going to be able to function. <laughs> yeah. I need to shower every day. I'm not going to be able to function if I use these bars. Yeah. But yeah, like that smell, that smell. And when when it is connected to like a loss, it is it's strong. Yeah. It's deep. So I did like that they did that. But he was like, what am I thinking? You know, Sheridan's not here. I don't know who this is, but I'll wrap it right here and maybe they'll come back and find it. Well, of course, lo and behold, Sheridan's like... Oh my goodness, I dropped my scarf. I can't, but I don't know where I would have dropped it. Except, bitch, you know exactly what happened to your scarf. It flew off and you tried to catch it and you fell off the cliff. 
Yeah. So what? Wouldn't you? I would assume the scarf went off into the ocean somewhere. But she went back looking for her scarf because she was. We were. We were meant to be under the impression that she believed that she had dropped it along the path somewhere. Yeah. So she gets back to like the cliff, the lovers leap, and she sees it wrapped around the tree. She's like, I wonder who could have done this. And she, whatever, whatever. Yada yada yada. More close call, close close calls back and forth. It. Do, I don't care. Yeah. It. It's frustrating. And that's all it is. It's just really frustrating. I don't care. Liz comes and invites him to dinner, talks to Diana. Well, Diana actually says um, that they should invite him to dinner after Liz comes and tells her and, and sorry, after Liz comes and tells her and Brian that the, the new guest had lost his fiance and that he was a sad guy and maybe they should, you know, do something cheer him up and diane is like why don't we invite him to dinner with us because yeah brian has like set this really nice romantic dinner for he and sheridan and he's like cooked i guess and he wore a suit it's a big deal for him but also i i appreciated this in that it gave me some insight into liz and brian um he was awful to her Nasty. Like he's a straight up user, like used Liz, and Liz still loves him. And like when he, she says something like, "I couldn't get you in a suit like this." She's like, "I'd be impressed if you put on like a clean shirt or something." And it just really irked me because Liz, I'm like, this, "Yeah." Liz needs to evict his ass. Yeah. Too sweet. Evict his ass immediately. Immediately. I'll yeah. be like, Diana, you can stay, but Brian, you gotta go. I'm sick of you. Yeah, you, Brian, you go go room bills. with Doc over there in the aliens. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, he Brian is a little upset because they have now in, invited Liz or Diana has now invited Liz and Luis, which they don't know his name is Luis, they're calling him number nine um to dinner um and liz goes to tell him and he is not into the idea at first Luis is and he's like oh i already told you i'm not really i don't need company but she manages to to convince him this is another near miss i don't know exactly what's going to happen but i imagine they're not not that i imagine i know for a fact they're not going to see yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care until you until I will not care until August 2022. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Yeah. I'm not gonna give a fuck about this storyline until August 2022. Yeah. Um. What will so, make that storyline? It's like the Liz part of it. It's like we're slowly gonna learn more about Liz and more about Brian as well. But like that's gonna be the thing that like what's going? There's something else going on here. Uh, yeah. but we don't get that for a good long while either. Yeah, it's only good when once we start seeing their har what their harmony connections are. Yes. Um, and that becomes more interesting. But even then, it's still we learn what the connections are, but like Sheridan still doesn't know or understand yeah. for a and long I think, time. I think that's what it is too. It's this idea to give us time for Luis to move on and time for us as audience members to try to accept that Brian and Diana will be a couple. And this is why Fantasia, our, one of our patrons on Patreon, Fantasia, yeah. this is the part, hey girl, shout out to Fantasia. This yeah. is the part where she started the show, which is why she's Team Beth. Because she started after Louise had like gotten over Sheridan. Yeah. And so <laughs> she comes in and she thinks she's, from her perspective, Sheridan is coming in to steal Beth's. Yeah. 
man. But no, nah, girl, we got three years in. We got three years in the game with with but, Sheridan and Louise. And isn't that fascinating? It's like when you talk about like friend dynamics and like you've been friends with somebody for a really long time, then a new friend shows up. They have a different perspective of what happened. Uh, if you meet a couple at a very specific time in their relationship, you're gonna you're gonna root for somebody else. And you know what? I I love Beth the character, um, but I like I like what's gonna happen eventually. Um, but I I mean I'm always gonna want Louise to be with Sheridan. I mean, like yeah. that is I'm a loyalist to Shuise. <laughs> I like I like Beth as part of the story, if yes, that makes yes. sense. But uh Beth But you yeah. know what? You know what? I need, I'm gonna reserve. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back a little bit because and we we're going to get into the Teresa stuff, but I will say this week as I was watching Teresa's crazy ass unravel. I thought to myself, oh no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought to myself, oh no, could I have been wrong? Do I not oh, actually love her? <laughs> I have, I have, we're gonna get there. I like that we keep teasing the episode that we're in. <laughs> yeah. like, like we're gonna get there. But yeah, yeah. We'll, it's gonna be hot topics, full on the view in just a little bit. We're gonna get there soon. Cause honey, we're about to blast through yes. this, these troubled marriages and magic. Okay. David is spying on Sam and Grace. He's got some some uh, long a long range uh, camera lens. It's like long and, as hell. And like Even a though radar he's right or, next door. Yeah, like a sound it, thing as well. Yeah, listening like a device. Sonar sound yeah. listening device. Spy gear. He's Which, got spy again, gear. Just by the way, I, I want to <laughs> let you know he does not show up for a good long while. Like we we don't get we don't get Sam and Grace for a long long while. But when he showed up, I was like, oh, I was like, damn it. I really, <laughs> I was like, oh, good. I don't have to worry about that storyline. And then they shoved him in at the end of the week. <laughs> I, I will say I was glad that we hadn't seen any of them, really. Me and, too. And then when they did show up, it was like episode like four out of five yeah. in the week. And I was like, all right, well, five. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm with you, though, because I don't care about this at yeah. all. He, he he's spying on Sam and Grace. Grace gives Sam a, a gift. It's a baseball signed by some sports person. I didn't yeah. write it down because I don't care. And I tried then, to and I didn't hear it. And then I was like, nah, it's a it's baseball not worth, signed. Was, exactly. It's not worth going back. Um, Grace signed by then, B. Arthur. Unlikely. But <laughs> but that would be, I would be more interested. I would be more interested if it was signed by B. Arthur than by like. Whoever they said. Some baseball I, person. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I don't you know it's crazy. I know like do I even know three baseball players? Can I name three for, of of all through all of time since since baseball began? I can yeah. maybe name three. Babe Ruth. There's one. <laughs> That's the one that everyone should know. M Mickey Root. No, Mickey Rooney. Is not <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey Rooney was in Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yes. <laughs> You you think Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because that is George Costanza's favorite player and he wore Mickey the number seven. Ro not Mickey Rooney. Mickey, that, Mickey Rooney was the famous baseball player. Look at look at the, the, the knowledge that we are giving to uh to the listeners. Derek Jeter. There you go. Barry Bonds. Ta-da. I think that's all the baseball players I've, I could not name a baseball player. So anyway, I don't know. I said all that to say, I want y'all to know something about me, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and the ones I know are Gina Davis, Rosie yes. O'Donnell, 
uh, Madonna. <laughs> we're the ladies of the All-American Squad. We come from cities near and far. We've got Canadians. I used to love A League of Their Own. I used it's to a love great one. Movie. Did you watch the show? I heard the show was good, but it got canceled. I did I hear it was. It. Yeah, but I think it got canceled already. So that's the only reason I didn't make the investment. That's that's but, what I said. I, it got canceled, yeah. so I never watched it. Yeah. Um. But I heard it was really good. Anyway, let's baseball. This girl gave her her husband a baseball <laughs> signed by somebody. Um. Grace then tells Sam that she wants to go away for a couple of days, and he's like, "You know what? That's a great idea." And she says, "Yes, let's go tonight to the lodge where we had our second honeymoon, where Ivy drugged me." and tried to seduce you by coming into our room ass naked and trying to have sex with you on top of my lifeless body. I don't know what Grace was thinking. This was, I, I just put in all caps. Why would you go back there? And Sam Why? says as much. Sam says yeah. as much. He's like, well, isn't that? And she's like, yeah, but I just think this would be a good way for us to put Ivy behind us. Girl, how? If I were how? Sam, I would have been like, Sweetheart, do you have amnesia? Do you not remember what happened there? The thing is, Grace doesn't actually remember what happens there because she was drugged. Oh, gosh. Well, well, but she knows enough to know that Ivy tried to seduce Sam there. Why would you go back there? And I, you know what? I want everybody to remember that Ivy drugged Grace. Do not ever <laughs> forget that Ivy drugged Grace. Because as, as high and mighty as she likes to try and act with Teresa and talk and about gonna, she's a yep. liar, she's a schemer and all of this shit, which she is, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Teresa sincerely, most of the time, her intentions truly are pure. Like, yeah. I really just want don't want Ethan to be mad at me. Like, really? Yeah really but yeah. ivy was like ready to was trying actively trying to tear sam's family apart yeah she drugged grace yeah with drugs i i want to be clear she roofied grace she committed a fucking felony okay anyway so great grace they want to go on this uh little trip tonight yeah um, for a couple of days. Meanwhile, at the inn, which I guess is situated right across from uh, Tabitha's. Tabitha's, Tabitha's house, I guess. I don't know how this neighborhood is set up. Um, yeah. because They used to have a map, I remember, on the website. I think we saw it one time on a, on I a, have a map. Discord. Yeah. I have a map that was sent to me years ago when we started this podcast by, uh, I think his name, I think it was Zach that sent it to us. I don't know if Zach still listens. I don't never hear from Zach anymore. If you're out there, hey, Zach. Anyway, he, he sent us a, a map years ago, but it quickly became outdated. Like, it, yeah. it, it quickly, like, didn't work anymore. But, yeah, I, um, remember, I remember the one that they had on their website, and it was so condensed. It was like... Yeah. Tabitha's house, Grace's house. It had like a little wave up and it was like the Crane Mansion on Raven Hill or whatever, you know, like it did try its best, but I mean, it was like, so it looked like a little kid's menu map. Yeah, I should look up that, pull that map back up and look at where the inn is because it does have that on there where the inn is in relation to and Tabitha's I always, house. Yeah, I always assumed it was very close by because of the way that they would walk back and forth between it Grace. Is it's Bennett's definitely close and, by, yeah. but like, is it situated in a way where you would be able to see into Tabitha's home? I don't think so. But anyway, because it doesn't matter. Also, yeah, that, it doesn't matter because that's what the store, the show has set up for us. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just nitpicking at this point. Yeah. Anyway, he's spying on them. Uh, 
And then Jessica comes in and catches him spying on her parents. And when she confronts him about it, he says, oh, the the camera must have shifted because he goes to like get some towels because the reason she came into his room in the first place was she was like, I'm here to get your laundry, like your um, towels and sheets and stuff. Um, And so he goes to get the towels out of the bathroom. She goes over to the window because there's a suspicious thing happening in this window. Yeah. This giant camera lens is pointed directly at Tabitha's house. And so she looks through it. She realizes it's right on her parents. And then she puts on the headphones. She hears their conversation. She confronts him about it when he comes back. She's like, what is all this? He says, oh, uh, the camera must have shifted. Is it really on your parents? No, I was trying to take pictures of the construction site because your mom asked me to. Then she says, well, what about the headphones? And he says, oh, I this is just a little photography trick I picked up in Africa. If you can hear the hear your subject, you can take better pictures. And the she was like. The stupidest thing, yeah. Yeah, and she was like, oh, I guess, that makes sense, I guess. Oh, no, it Jessica, doesn't, babe. No, it does not, Jessica, come on. No, it doesn't. Yeah, but also I was. What's funny is if you listen closely, you can hear uh, birds chirping, and I just thought, oh, he's gonna say he's bird watching and he's taking pictures of birds. That would have made more sense for why he was hearing them, and like to like, I, hey, I'm correctly, I'm correctly doing bird watching. No, he's like, I'm taking pictures of the construction site for your mom. Which again, then if I were Jessica, I'd go ask Grace, hey, did you tell what's his face to take pictures of the construction site? Also, here's a question. Why would you need like the audio to make to take quote better, better fit, picture better picture of an empty lot? I, I with a few frames on it. What do they need pictures of it for? Also, what do they need pictures of it for? Anyway, yeah. she takes she kind of sort of buys it. I'm not sure. It's unclear. She kind of leaves and she looks like she's still kind of suspicious she does mm-hmm. say to him i don't know whether to be nice to you or give you the cold shoulder and he's like i'd rather you do the former and uh, meaning be nice whatever then he goes back to spying and scheming yeah. uh and he ske- picks up comes up with a way to keep them from going on their trip because uh at one point grace is like don't worry sam nothing's gonna stop us from going on our trip tonight and he's like i wouldn't be so sure grace and <laughs> So then David shows up at the house and he says, hey, Grace, uh, I just got a phone call about uh, this assignment, photography assignment. I think I'm going to go on it and uh, I don't think I'm going to be coming back (laughs) afterwards because she's like, well, we can talk when you get back. When will you get back? I think she asked. And he says, oh, well, I was thinking after this job, I would take your advice and move on with my life like you said. So I don't know if I'll be coming back. I don't know what this accent is, y'all. I'll be slipping in and out. It, it's know. hard. It's a hard one. Anyway, so uh, she, he says that, and she's like, but you, we haven't had a chance to talk about my past. You haven't told me anything about my past yet. Yeah, girl, you've had ample opportunities to ask him yeah. stuff about your past. Why haven't you done Why haven't you done that? Yeah. Why haven't you done anything? Grace. Oh, that was what annoyed me, too, because I'm like, also, let's not make it sound like you can't talk on the phone. Uh, At this point, you can use AOL Instant Messenger. She could just be like, send me a message on tomato soup cake 68 at AOL.com. Yeah. Like, why are we having this, like, he has to be here? Because she wants him to be here. Mm -hmm. You make a very good point. You make a good point. Y'all can use the phone. So he's like, oh, well... 
I have time tonight. And basically, it's either tonight or never. He's like, if mm-hmm. we don't talk tonight, then I don't know when we'll be able to talk again. It's just so dumb. Yeah, it's very dumb. But anyway, that's it for them. You have anything to add with that? No. Good. I'm good. Good. <laughs> Moving on. Charity is flipping the fuck out as usual, per usual. What's, what else is new? What else is new? Yep. Charity is having a dream about Kay and Miguel having sex. Uh, the leaves are rustling in the outside saying, beware, beware. Kay is not the not alone. There are others who can take Miguel away from you. Beware. The leaves. All right. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Kay is like doing her thing, scheming. I'm going to make, I, I'll make love to you. Even if you don't want me to, that's where she's at. That's what she's doing. Um, Simone tells her it's wrong, yada, yada, yada. Same old, same old. Nothing new here. Then uh, Miguel comes in while Kay and, uh, Kay and Simone are talking. And he's like, Kay, I need your help. I need your help do- putting together a very special night. Turns out he wants her to help him plan Charity's 18th birthday party. Yeah. And it is at this point that we hear Charity scream, "No!" It was no! very funny. I yeah. cracked up. I cracked up. Of course, they all run upstairs to to check on Char- poor Charity. Poor, poor Charity. Poor, yeah. poor Charity. What you gonna do? <laughs> Things, Things look bad, look bad for you. <laughs> hey, what, hey, what you, gonna... you gonna do? <laughs> okay, so. Poor Charity is like flipping out. Miguel comes in, asks her what's going on. She says, something's trying to take you away from me. And uh, Kay makes some snot remark. I don't know. She's. I think she says, who? who is it? Who's taken? And then yeah. Charity says, I don't know. Why should we say I don't know? Yeah. I mean, like, you remember the dream. You just had that, yeah. I, I don't know. And uh, Miguel, Miguel tells her, Nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. I'm in my, I'm in the pocket yeah, today. Yeah, full musical theater. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel then tells her, you know, nobody's gonna break us up. Um, and she also tells him that the tree warned her again. Everybody's kind of giving each other the side eye about that, but I mean, it's reasonable enough. Um. At this point, we need to talk about what's going on with Tabitha and Timmy. Tabitha and Timmy are getting ready to go to a wedding, darling. And and I have to tell you, they look amazing. They both look so good. And you know what? I think oftentimes Tabitha might be on the worst dress list in some of these things with her kooky outfits. But she looks fantastic in this thing. She has a great, like, Georgian gown. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Think like, think like. Perfectly. Think like Bridgerton. It, it, yeah. it's, it's that. It, it and looks Timmy great. looks great. Yeah, yeah. Timmy looks good too. Yeah, he's in his tuxedo. They look wonderful. Uh, they're getting yeah. ready to go to the Crane uh, crane wedding, Rebecca and Julian's wedding, which remember she stole an invitation for. <laughs> so that Because she wants to get back into the Crane mansion to get to Hecuba's lair so she can get some herbs, herbs, some herbs to get some yeah. herbs. Um, to help Kay in her plan to get Miguel, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they look great. They're getting all ready, getting all dolled up. And then a tree branch just comes sweeping in and it pins them to the wall. And yeah. so now they're stuck and in, in being held up by like this tree branch. 
Tabitha says it's the tree trying to protect Charity and keep yeah. her from helping Kay. I just um, wrote Tabitha and Timmy get bushwhacked. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. So Reese comes running into like Charity's room and tells the kids, "There's a tree branch that that's going right into the attic." You won't believe it. And it looks like it's doing it on purpose. So then they go to the attic and find so, Tabitha trapped by the tree branch. I want to say before that happens, um, Tabitha tries to reason with the tree. She's like, your efforts are futile. Like, uh, it's not worth it. Like, will you stop? She goes, and then she starts to do her speech about what happens when Miguel and Charity make love. And Timmy is so tired of hearing it that he, even in his own at Josh Ryan Evans, does it so well. He's like, if Charity and Miguel make love, he'll come into her full power. Like, he's just so annoyed with this. He's, so, he's like, this tree's choking us. Like, do something. It was great. Because I'm like, at this point, we're so tired of hearing this. Sick of it. Sick of it. I'm with I'm with I'm with uh Timmy on that for sure. Yeah, Timmy was fed up. Um, okay, so yeah, the kids go to the attic to see what Reese is talking about, where they find Tabitha and Timmy trapped by the tree branch. Of course, Timmy has gone back into doll mode. Um Miguel says, Oh, we should get the fire department and they need to bring some chainsaws and we can cut the branches off the tree. And Charity says, no, you can't hurt this tree. This tree is my friend. Oh, <laughs> I laughed so hard. And I tell you, the actress who plays Kay was phenomenal in this. Side eye, like just making fun of her. Like this is the stupidest thing she's ever heard. Because it is. Yeah. God, Charity's so weird. Like if, if, if you take out, if you take out the part where she's absolutely correct, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, if you take away the fact that, yes, in the story, she really is right. She just sounds so crazy oh, all the and, time. And it's just, and it's so much fun here because what's happening is uh, they're having a full on conversation about um, Reese saying like, oh, there's evil here, all the, the same evil stuff. But what's happening is they're having a legit conversation while Tabitha and Timmy are stuck on the wall. Like they're not even care like my first thought would be like trying to get her out. No, they're like, let's discuss this real quick. Like what's going on with the tree? Yeah, at one point, Reese says something about trees being, according to the Lord of the Rings, trees are the wisest of the nature's inanimate objects, and uh, they're... To which, to which Tabitha says, Lord of the who? <laughs> yeah, he says they're just trying to warn us that Tabitha's evil, yeah, all of this while she's trapped there in the tree. Uh, so, yeah, Charity says you can't cut the tree, the tree is my friend. Fair enough, I guess. Um, and then... <laughs> Charity says, I know how we can get Tabitha down. I can just ask the tree, little tree, little yeah. tree. Like she, 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 she yeah. then she asked the tree, she says, I know you want to protect me, but we have to let things play out. Whatever may come, I'm going to face it. And I, I paraphrase a little bit. I cut some out. She talked yeah. for a while. But that's basically what she says. Whatever may come, I'm going to face it. And the tree lets Tabitha go and it goes back out. And that's that. Simone yeah. says to says very quietly to Kay, she says, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't go up against a girl who can make trees listen to her. <laughs> and I think that's great advice. That's I will never mess with anybody who has the power to talk to trees. I mean, and the trees do what you ask. And they them do, to do what they ask. <laughs> that's wild. I'm we all have the power to talk to the trees. Yeah. But do the trees talk back? <laughs>
Do the trees talk back? Is that's the that's when the scary part comes in. If your trees, if the trees are talking back to somebody and doing movements like they've been asked to do, then it's scary. Um, so th- that's basically it for the kids. Then Tabitha, uh, they d- talk about the tree for a little bit. I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't. I just don't yeah. care. They quickly just go to the mansion after that. Yeah, she goes over to the mansion. Um, and <laughs> this is fun stuff. They they get in with their fake um not a, it's not a fake invitation. It is an invitation. It's a stolen, stolen invitation. invitation. <laughs> they get in. Tabitha, I don't know what's going through her head. Why are you the first to arrive? Girl, you wanna yeah. you wanna try and blend in. So show up once the, the party's got going some so that you can kind of sneak in. She shows yeah, up, she's yeah. the first one there. And we get some this is a good segue over into the um the mansion and everything that's going on at the mansion uh because julian of course gets kind of caught up in the tabitha and timmy stuff so they get there (laughs) they get there and we're just going to finish up with what's going on with tabitha and timmy and then we're going to run through all of the mansion stuff but (laughs) they get there uh and uh, julian sees them and is horrified he he fully and truly believes that everything that has gone wrong in his life started the day he met tabitha and timmy and he keeps going on about how the doll is alive that doll is alive harper who is the the lawyer everybody is uh they're telling julian the same thing like rebecca's been saying to him which is you can't Julian, if you keep talking about that doll being alive, you're going to get carted away. I was just like, that's all it is. But what we do get is a really good Julian and Timmy montage. Um, And so that is worth all of this. But it's setting us up for the fact that Tabitha and Timmy's hijinks are going to mess with the union of Rebecca and Julian. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we get a great, I love that montage, actually. I actually watched it. And then you sent it to me, so I will definitely be putting it up on the social media once this episode comes out. Um, But, yeah, we get this montage. Eventually, uh, Julian has Harper ask Tabitha to leave, saying, your invitation was a mistake. We're going to have to ask you to leave. He doesn't want her there. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. It's his wedding day um, at his house. So they leave. And immediately immediately come up with another plan to get back in they go home she's like i got a plan we're gonna do this yeah because tabitha goes i have a marvelous idea to which timmy goes every time tabitha has a marvelous idea timmy gets in trouble which i thought was cute and it's very fast and it is not a marvelous idea but it works it is not a marvelous idea so basically what's going on at the mansion is uh julian is struggling to find an officiant for this wedding because the one that they had booked, the judge that they had booked, has fallen and broken his leg, and now they can't find anybody in town. Even though, even though Julian Crane is a fucking billionaire, and all it takes is an internet, di- like not diploma, but like an internet certificate to be like yeah. ordained, they can't find anybody in this yeah. town in the tri-state area. Even though he's a billionaire. Who should be able to get anything at at any time? Yeah, and Father Lonigan ain't gonna sign up for that one. <laughs> Father Lonigan will not set foot in this house. The house set will go into flames <laughs> just by him coming in the uh, evil, evil house. Teresa calls it an evil house. Um, yeah, in these episodes. But anyway, 
Uh, yeah, they can't find an officiant. So Tabitha hears this while they're still there. They go, they leave. And she, her new plan is to have Timmy <laughs> dress up as a rabbi. And she's dressed up as a chauffeur. She's, I, I am, I am loving. Oh, it's, uh, it's, the, the, it's fun. I'm loving that we've brought back Tabitha in the cost in like disguises because she was in so many disguises. Like the first hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah. She's in so many great disguises. So I'm glad to see her back in her in her disguises. And um, then of course the rabbi costume is when they were fleeing from Norma. That's what they use to get away from Norma's hotel and kind of evade her at the airport. That's where yeah. they had the costume last. Yeah. He was a rabbi, she was a nun back then. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Why are they hanging out together? They went to a religious conference. I don't it's know. It's an interfaith, <laughs> an interfaith um connection, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So she she's now dressed up and pretending to be his chauffeur. So they go and like assistant slash chauffeur is what she says. Yeah. So they go back to the mansion. Um, well, she calls them and says, Hey, I gotta I I hear you have a problem finding an officiant. I got an officiant for you. Harper's like, oh, okay. And then we get there and we see the gag is that Timmy is a little person and is a rabbi, right? And, and again, he, throughout this, he's underscored with uh, fiddle on the roof type like music being played. And again, if yeah. it has a specific name, it's just they allude to it eventually and they will actually kind of allude to the musical itself. But there's that music that's kind of hyping up and... Uh, you know, Timmy's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Timmy doesn't even know how to talk, uh, how to speak Hebrew. Uh, but this is what they're playing, playing this up 100%. My favorite part of this whole situation was at one point, Timmy's feeling really nervous about this. He's scared he's going to get in trouble. He's like, I've never, I've never officiated a wedding. What does Timmy know? What does Tim Tim know about doing this? Yeah. And every time he speaks to somebody, he's just like, Mazel Tov, Laheim. <laughs> Shalom. Like he just says like the three things everybody knows, right? And uh so he goes off to make himself a picture of Martimmy's. And he sneaks off to Julian's uh library and makes a picture of Martimmy's and then he hears them coming down the hall so he hides, he runs away. They don't catch him there, but Julian finds the picture of Martimmy's and he's like, "What is this?" Mm, he takes a sip. He's like, it, "It's it's uh the, the drink nectar. of the, the nectar of the dolls. There you go. Yeah. I was cracking up. I and I wrote it down specifically what he said, but basically, yeah, he said he does call it the nectar of the dolls. It's the dolls drink. The yeah. nectar of the dolls. And I love that. I love that the nectar of the dolls. And I love that he like that's what he was craving. He was like, I wish I, at least I could have a Martimi if you know that doll spooking me out. But he got a little taste for his wedding day. So yeah. congratulations, Julian. Yeah, so that's basically well, Tabitha manages to get to Hecuba's lair and she's finding the things that she needs. She finds Eye of Newt. She finds like pigweed uh aphrodisiac, something like yeah. that. And then a face in a <laughs> bottle appears and says, What are you doing here, Tabitha? What do you want with these herbs? Tell me or you, I won't or I won't let you leave. It's just another one of like Hecuba's minions. We've met one or two before every time they have to go down there. Um, and she's like, why are you here? What are you up to? And that's pretty much where that kind that's of That's basically up. where we end. Yeah. So now y'all, it's time to get into the meat. Look at all these notes I got. Get ready. Strap in. Strap in, strap in, strap in. 
um we're making good time though so. oh yeah and it's just again just one more one more thing to just say uh timmy does a fantastic job with his with his lines that like his very cliche oives and mazel tovs and he tries to put on a very thicker voice and it's just and again it's funny because timmy has very few conversations as a normal person and it's very obvious that he's trying so hard to be a human um and i thought yeah. that that was really fun so just yeah. to wrap that up yeah i agree he was it, he was a little bit of a highlight this week for oh yeah sure. The shalom was, <laughs> and, yeah. when it's, and, and Tabitha's like, shalom. She, he's like, I'm just playing the part. And Tabitha says at one point to uh, to Harper, she's like, hey, just remember, like, you might need to help him because he's vertically challenged. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they have to prop him up somewhere. So <laughs> prop him up yeah. somewhere. They got, like, a place for him to stand where yeah. he can stand up above the podium. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, let's talk about all. I don't know what to call this. I'm gonna have to come up with something to call this mess. It is a mess. And this is a huge pivotal moment in this in this soap opera. This is big. Teresa, 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 Teresa. My God, girl. Okay, like, so that's my favorite thing. My mom would say, "Teresa, Teresa, te, te, te duele la cabeza. <laughs> Your head hurts. Your yeah, every, yeah." Hmm. <laughs> Let's start with, well, let's start with Rebecca, I guess. she's It's her wedding day. It's her oh, wedding day. It starts off with a pretty damn good joke, too. I, I It made me laugh really hard. Um, at some point, uh, Rebecca and Gwen are getting, getting ready for the wedding. And I will say, Gwen looks fantastic in that black. I don't know about those feathers. Um, I don't know if I need the feathers, but she looks... That, that black dress, again, I don't know why she's wearing black, but maybe she's telling us something, but she looks fantastic. And then uh, Rebecca asks, well, do I look virginal? And Gwen goes, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was cute. I they do, do Rebecca and Gwen together, they're, they're fun. They're fun. I can't take that away from them. Yeah, I feel, I honestly, actually, truthfully i kind of feel bad for gwen sometimes that that's her mother yeah how embarrassing uh, yeah because this woman is star for attention and like she wants she's number one i mean she is number one and i will say the one thing that rebecca has going for her is that she's gonna like she's gonna fight for gwen and like do yeah. everything for gwen but like but yeah it is still that's yeah. only because gwen is an extension of herself like mm -hmm. she that that's all i made I this I made yeah. this. This needs to be successful. Almost like she is mine. Like she, like yeah. Gwen is is her property. Yeah. And how how dare you mess with my property? But anyway, yeah. Rebecca is in her wedding dress. She asks if she looks virginal. Her own daughter is like, obviously not. I'm here. Anyway, um, Gwen then is like, do you really want to marry Julian? Uh, like, are you sure about this? She pulls out her gun. She she puts it in her garter belt. She's like, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Do you really, are you sure you want to marry Julian like at gunpoint? Yeah. And, and then she talks about like, what about love? And then Rebecca basically goes, what's love got to do yeah. with it? Got to do. She literally says like, what's love got to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's got something old, something borrowed, something loaded, something bailed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's gonna she, come hell or high water. She's gonna marry Julian. Whether if she has to do it at gunpoint, if we're gonna have a shotgun wedding, we're gonna have a shotgun wedding, and it is what it yeah. is. And at the end of the day, I will be Mrs. Julian Crane, and that's yeah. how she feels about it. 
Um, so they're getting ready for the wedding. They're having like these moments. Uh, she puts the gun in her garter belt. And then meanwhile, Julian's been like kind of scheming, trying to figure out a way to like postpone this wedding. Yeah. So he goes upstairs and he's like, oh, I have a wedding gift for you, Pookie. And they do this thing where she's like, you can't see the bride. So he looks away and then he and she's like, um, he says, I have something for you. And I need, I can't remember exactly how we got there, but he was, she was like, I guess you can look at my ankles. Yeah. And cause he wants to put something on her leg, a garter belt. And it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful, oh, it's because she, she sees what it is. And it's like a beautifully like jewel, bejeweled encrusted garter belt. So she's like, I guess you can look at my ankles. And so he goes down to put it on for her. And as he's sliding it up, He's like, yeah, I wanted to get you two of these. I don't know what made him think this was going to work. I wanted you to get you two of these, but um, the other one is is held up, and maybe we should wait until you can have a pair. Yeah, it's like lame. <laughs> and when he gets, as he gets up, as he's saying we should wait, he sees the gun in her garter belt, and she's like, she's like, oh no, Pookie, we're getting married today. Don't you see? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, will, I like that because. The the, the, the uh, garter made me laugh just because he kind of like is like isn't this nice and and Gwen just looks at him and is like <laughs> like it's just so funny I mean like they have no relationship with each other whatsoever Gwen and Julian and it, it was it was good by the actress I thought she was very funny when she was just like <laughs> like she's like I don't I would be disgusted yeah 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 that's right I'm sure that that's an underlying uh motivation for that delivery as well yeah yeah but yes so she shows him the gun with the holster and he goes you are packing <laughs> yeah so he um she she says to him yes this wedding is happening today or else basically mm -hmm. um so the, Julian starts to panic he goes downstairs he looks for his own gun for some reason I don't know I guess because she's got a gun he should have a gun too I don't know how that makes the situation any better. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> let's talk about, let's now talk about what's going on with Teresa. Teresa is anxious to get her annulment. She's at the, that's why she's at the mansion in the first place. Remember she yeah. has gone under the guise of, oh yeah, sure. I'll go with you to talk to your mom, Ethan. And, but she's really there because she was told that there would be annulment papers. Um, and she and Julian are waiting together for the papers. And Julian offers to make her his mistress at one point. He's like, you know, after we get this thing annulled and I'm married to Bex, there's no reason why you and I couldn't um, continue our relationship and I'll set you up in a little pied de terre and you'll have your own, you know, you'll want for nothing and you can just be my mistress. And she says, no, I love Ethan. I'm going to marry him and I never want to see you again. I, n I never would have married you if you hadn't gotten me drunk. You are a horrible person and I want my annulment now. Yes, these are yeah, all, yeah. all true things, Teresa, all true things. I feel... I do feel bad for my girl. I, I need to keep in mind I because the show is doing a very bad job of reminding us of how heinous the, the situation was when she and 
uh, Julian got married. I'm happy that you continue to bring that up because it is true. Um, and, and they'll discuss it later on, particularly Ivy and Teresa have a conversation about how this all happened. Um, and it's important for us to remember the events of how this took place. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to get there. But yeah, this is Julian, you got so much more on your plate, you should not be worrying about you should be focused on the idea of you killed your sister and and the secret is being exposed if you don't do what you're supposed to do also you are creating the act <laughs> of bigamy my god what is happening here i don't know what settings i have you, on i'm I, so uh, sorry you must have some kind of setting on that does that there is some setting where if i make very specific hand gestures apparently it's going to throw out emojis or balloons so i feel like i'm in an episode of passions right now that's hilarious. I wonder what that is. <laughs> oh, well, that I don't know, honey. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Tabitha is Tabitha's put a hex on you. <laughs> That's hilarious. God, God only knows what other. I'm like, what else can I do? Right. Okay, let's let's let's, let's do this. Let me see. Where were we before? <laughs> I got so distracted by that because I'm like, what I, yeah, is it, that? It was. It, uh, what did I say? Thumbs up to. Nah, I oh, know. I think we were talking about how uh, Ivy Teresa that how the show yes. downplays that Teresa was drunk. Yes, and how heinous that's exactly that whole right. Was. And I'm happy that you continue to bring it up. Um, and Ivy and Teresa are going to have a conversation about the events that took place that led to all of this later on. Um, but we are focused on Julian right now, and he's the yeah. one that's sitting there like trying to get through this wedding but also trying to get the annulment paper signed at the same time yeah so a uh, harper arrives and he does not have the annulment papers but he says that they will be uh there within the hour yeah um teresa's like ah she's getting more and more agitated and we will see the the culmination of that in a little bit um, meanwhile, Ivy and Ethan are having like their very typical back and forth about Teresa, where Ivy saying Teresa's a liar, Ethan saying Teresa would never lie to me again, and she, she has uh, she's promised me, and um, she would never hurt me. And then Ivy makes him promise, which I think we got into this a little bit last week, yeah, makes him promise bit, yeah. that he will um, promise her that he will break up with Teresa if she ever lies to him again. And he tells Ivy, he's like, mother, you're misguided. You just don't understand Teresa. You just, you know, she's great. You, you got to give her a chance. And then Ivy asks him, do you really think Teresa signed those annulment papers accidentally? That was a she's good like, who? Yes. She is a true detective. And for her to be like, who signed something without reading them? And I know Teresa may be naive, but she's not stupid. I mean, like, the girl is not stupid. So for I Ivy, no, I mean, Ivy's really good at this. I mean, this is this is her bread and butter is like sussing out people and like reading people. So yeah, and she's she says exactly that he because he, in fact, does believe that she signed that stuff. Uh, accidentally accidentally which frankly if i'm gonna be honest if i'm teresa i'm a little bit offended that you really thought <laughs> you really think i'm that dumb he thinks she's that dumb though anyway um ivy says i know she's dumb i mean i know she is uh <laughs> I know, I know she's naive, but I never thought she was stupid, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and why wouldn't she have read what she was signing? Ethan says uh, he kind of appeals to Ivy to 
saying, I, you know, mother, she means more to me than anything in this world. And I just want you to meet with her and give Teresa a chance, give her a chance to make amends. She didn't mean to do what she did. At, well, she, she didn't send the thing to the papers or whatever. The, yeah. Which, you know, what's crazy is that's such small potatoes now. The tabloid what? stuff is such small, has become such small potatoes once we, like, as we go further into this. Yeah. It's like, meh, meh. So she scanned the letter into her computer. She married Julian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah. That's the big thing. So anyway, um, Ethan appeals to her, wants her to let Teresa try and make amends to her. And... Then he leaves and goes to find Teresa and finds her. He is aggrieved to find her in Julian's lair, which he calls it. He says, this is Julian's lair. Why are you here? Yeah. And um, she said, I can't remember what she said. She said she like got lost. I don't know. Because meanwhile, Julian and Harper are hiding. So he comes in. He doesn't see Julian or Harper. He pulls her out and talks to her about Ivy a little bit. And then he takes her to go talk to Ivy. Um, when she gets up, she re receives quite the icy reception from Ivy. Of course. Of course. Yeah, because Jerry has called her and has informed her finally, without a doubt, that no. Teresa... Mm -mm, oh. mm -mm. No, we're not there yet. Oh, sorry. G go ahead and cut yeah. that out. We're not there yet. No, she's she gives her the icy reception because just because Ivy is icy, Ivy doesn't like Teresa. She's sick of it. She and she does have her suspicions about what's going on. Oh, with that's Teresa. right. We keep waiting for the facts. Yeah, she has her suspicions about what's going on with Teresa. So she gives I, Teresa a very icy reception. Um, and then Teresa says to her, "You know, I just want to make things go back to how they were when you we when Ethan and I got first gotten engaged." and um how warm you were to me and then ivy presses her saying you mean before you scanned my personal letter into your computer and then teresa says i feel horrible about that i feel horrible uh, horrible about everything that happened but ivy isn't interested in her apologies at all and she starts to just kind of lay everything out about that has happened it's recap for people who hadn't seen the episodes or didn't know or who came in late and didn't know that Teresa scanned the letter, the letter got sent to the tabloid. Then uh, it all came out at the party. Grace lost her baby. All of the things that we all already know. Ivy lays it all out. <clears throat> and when you say it like that, it sounds very damning. When you put it all together and, yeah. you know, string all those thoughts together, it does sound horrible. Um, and then Ivy says, if I believe you, does that mean you won't lie to Ethan anymore? Oh, okay. I see what happens. So Teresa says, you know, I feel horrible about all of those things. Like I, but you have to believe me. I did not send this, that letter to the tabloids. And that's when Ivy says, well, if I believe you, does that mean that you won't lie to Ethan anymore? And... Uh, Teresa is quiet. <laughs> like, which is unusual for our, our, our little lovable lunatic which y'all yeah. not she just oof, ugh, the lunacy gets so much worse to to this week um she says she ivy then looks at both of them and says you know what if either of you found out that you were keeping some secret from each other you wouldn't want to get married anymore right and that's when ivy gets a phone call from jerry who tells her i've got the goods i've got the mm -hmm. goods 
Julian married Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. And he tells her the whole sordid tale. He's on the phone with her. And she tells him to fax her the wedding license immediately. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ethan is has like is like while she's on the phone, tries to assure Teresa that he believes that she and Ivy can eventually make amends. And then he tells her that he made a promise to Ivy. He tells her about the promise he made to Ivy about yeah. um, breaking up with her if she ever lies to him again. And she and he's like, but I have full faith in you. Not, that's never going to happen, Teresa. You would never lie to me, Teresa. Why does he keep saying that? Why does he keep saying you would never lie to me? She's lied to you multiple times at this point that you know about. Yeah, and I think that's what is annoying because it just continues to it, it it it's setting us up for the fact that obviously she has lied about something else or has has held held something deep with um from him. But it's annoying like why do you got to baby us? But again, it's like you said, sometimes we got to cater to a new viewer or something. I mean like sometimes you do that, but it's just driving home the fact that she is keeping something from him. You would never lie to me, Teresa. You wouldn't hurt me, so it's never gonna happen. We're gonna get married. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, he doesn't suck. Teresa's the one lying. But anyway, but he's the idiot who can't see through anything. And also, what a weird promise to make. People lie. Yeah. And they lie about all kinds of things, from ranging from big to small. People lie. You she there will come a time in y'all's lives where she will lie to you again. Regard like for sure. For sure, people lie. And sometimes yeah. it's just to keep the peace. Sometimes you yeah. lie just because it's like, you know what, it's easier for me to just be like, okay. Yeah, I don't want to do that or whatever. Or yeah, I don't or hurt like, somebody's feelings. I... Yes, exactly. Especially like when you're married to somebody. Sometimes you sometimes you might say somebody for instance, maybe he will ask her are you okay? And she'll be like, I'm fine. Even though she's not fine. That's a lie. Yeah. yeah. That is a lie. So anyway, um, he tells her about <laughs> the promise he made to Ivy. And she's like, why would you do that? Why and would I, you Why would you do like, that? Teresa, why are you showing all your cards so fast? God bless it. My baby. Like, just, I know. Yeah, lovable lunatic. But like, um, while that's going on, Ivy is waiting for fa- a fax. She is waiting for the fax from Jerry that has the certification. It's Julian and uh, Teresa's wedding license. So she says at some point that she's waiting for the facts of her life. You take <laughs> the good, you take, you the, take bad, the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts, the facts of life. Of life. <laughs> the facts of life. Okay. Uh, so she, Ethan eventually leaves the, the two of them to kind of talk while Ivy is sitting there looking at the fax machine, waiting for this fax to come through. Um, and Teresa, sorry, as Ivy is waiting for the fax, Teresa tells her how much she loves Ethan, that she loves him more than anything i would never do anything to hurt him yada yada we've heard this all before right all of this is good too because you have to know that ivy is just so cocky as hell right now it is so belittling and i again i'm gonna go on ivy's side and Teresa's side for the remainder of the podcast i'm going to go yes no yes no because i love them both as characters and i'm gonna i'm gonna say where i'm like that's a technical foul that's a flag on the play i'm gonna have some issues here but right here is when teresa's like i need you to know that at least my family knows 
that when I made some choices, they were always for the best for Ethan. Like I tried my best to do good things. And to which Ivy responds, the road to hell is paved in good intentions, as they say. And mm -hmm. so like, she's just so cocky. I mean, she's, she has all the power and she's waiting for that one little piece. And uh, it's, it's so hard. And, and you know what, Lindsay Hartley, she is doing a bang up job in this, those doe eyes, the waters in her eyes. I mean, that's like her bread and butter. And she's just the two of them together, it's just, I, every time, it, even, and I love Tabitha and Timmy, y'all know that. I love magic, but I wanted to stay in this room Me as too. long as possible. Me too. I, I loved every sordid, insane minute of this. So, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. We haven't even gotten yeah, to the meat and potatoes. We're, we're about to, though, because Ivy gets the facts. The facts comes through. And... Ivy starts going on about how Teresa has ruined her life, ruined Ethan's life, ruined, you know, caused so much destruction around town. And uh, she, Teresa says, you make me sound like a monster, Mrs. Crane. <laughs> and Ivy says, oh, yes. How could you, one young woman, so seemingly innocent and loving, be so deceitful? She, she, and she's being kind of facetious, but Teresa's not picking up on that. She, oh, yeah. She really thinks that maybe she's kind of coming around. Again, because Ethan had just talked to Ivy and said, try and make it work. And so she thinks she's, she's in there in good faith. But that's when she's like, do you think you can be responsible for all this pain? Because she also, again, she brought it up before, but she brings it up again, is Grace losing the baby. And like putting that on Teresa, like that's, come on, that's bullshit. Well, you, she you also puts, she puts on Teresa that she's in the wheelchair, like that yeah. that's her fault. Yeah, she puts literally, every, she lays everything in, in her life that's wrong at Teresa's feet. And that's in just her, incorrect. In her head, it all started the minute that that letter got exposed. And I mean, a while back, a couple of weeks back, we all know that Pilar came to Teresa's defense and was like, put her face to a mirror and said, you did that. She's like, I know my Teresa is, she's, she, she, I know who I got, you know, just like a, a normal mom would say, I know who my person is, but you did that. Like, so don't <laughs> try and put that on my kid. And yeah. she, her, she is doing it again, just to, just to drive the knife in a little more harder. Well she's so she's being kind of sweet not sweet is the wrong word but it does seem into from teresa's view that she's coming around from my view obviously i was like yeah. she's being deceitful facetious she's saying this almost sarcastically right yeah and she says everything couldn't be your fault it's just all a series of terrible mistakes accidents actually you can't be the schemer that Gwen says you are or the manipulating gold digging bitch that Rebecca accuses of you accuses you of being that's just not you it just couldn't be you and Teresa is like sincerely grateful that Ivy seems to be yeah. coming around and she says thank you for seeing me for who I am and Ivy says I see you very clearly Teresa Ooh, I know, I, you know again just again I want a, a song and a defend Teresa on here I hate when they keep giving Teresa that it was all about the money that's bullshit because the minute she got the minute Ethan got disinherited 
then she should have left. She never did. She stood by Ethan, was hooked him up at the house, like had him there. And it drives me crazy because then the opposite of that is because she now got married to Julian. They are vindicated and they're like, yep, you see, all you ever did was care about the money. Why would she be trying tooth and nail to get an annulment from this man if it was about the money? Money. If it was about the money, she would be yelling from the rooftops, ha, 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 bitches, I did yep. it. This yep. is all mine. Everything mm -hmm. the light touches, ho. All I like do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> listen. Listen. Everything the light touches is mine in this bitch. Yeah. So y'all can go. Like, she would, she would really be very acting very differently because she has yeah. bagged julian but she don't want him but yeah. yes that's neat we we are going to get even more into that because ivy said some shit and i wrote down in my notes like girl this doesn't even make sense and ivy's so smart ivy's so smart she, she just wants to be angry at Teresa. yes and 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 there's great lines in this like for example at one point she says i wanted to see ethan in the white house you hope to give him an office in your own living room. I'm like, I mean, it's just cal callous, right? Like mean, like straight up vindictive and mean. Nasty work, nasty work. So, okay. Teresa says, you know, I'm glad we're putting the, everything to rest and that you see me for who I really am. Ivy says, I see you very clearly, Teresa. And she says, so that means, the, you know, that means the world to me. And she starts to leave. And then Ivy stops her and says, oh, Teresa, but there was one more thing I wanted to ask you. It's about Bermuda. Uh, can you tell me again what happened in Bermuda? Teresa, of course, lies. She says, oh, I went down there to talk to Mr. Crane about reinstating um ethan as a crane which isn't a lie that part's yeah, not yeah. a lie and then ivy presses her and she says and what did julian say when you asked him about that and she says oh well he said he would think about it and ivy says just like that that's that's not like julian how on earth could you have possibly gotten him to to come over to your side so easily so quickly and she says, honestly, it's all hazy. All the stuff with Sheridan, I don't remember. It, 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 a lot happened while we were there. While we were there, Ivy plays along, and she says, "Oh, but I do remember something else. Uh, something along the lines of a farce, where something happened between you and Julian. Oh, I know. Ethan said that he thought that Julian had harmed you in some way, and then he went looking for you and couldn't find you." And Teresa says, oh, but it was all a mistake. We we got it all worked out. It's all in the past. And Teresa then says, you know, Mrs. Crane, I really have to go now, Mrs. Crane. And Ivy whips around. It was great because Ivy was facing away oh, this, from the door. Yeah. Teresa walks towards the door, says, I have to go now, Mrs. Crane. Ivy whips that wheelchair around and she says, don't call me Mrs. Crane, Teresa, because you know <laughs> She says, don't call me Mrs. Crane, Teresa, because as you well know, you are Mrs. Crane, Mrs. Julian Crane. It was great. And, it was great. And that's how one of the episodes ends. And can you imagine watching that for the first time and just being like, oh, you got to wait 24 hours for that next episode. <laughs> don't call me Mrs. Crane, Teresa. Oh, you are Mrs. Crane, Mrs. Julian Crane. Oh, it was so good. She delivered yeah. it. Mm, it was stunning. Oh, yeah. And yeah. from this moment on, from this moment on, uh, Ivy is on 10. 
but yeah, Teresa, she's off the rails. Yeah. But Teresa takes it to 12. Yeah. <laughs> but Teresa takes it to 12. And to be honest, I didn't entirely see it coming. I like with Teresa. So let's get into it. Teresa, yeah. of course, immediately feigns ignorance, right? She's like, um, I, I don't know. What are you talking about, Mrs. Crane? And Ivy's like, don't call me Mrs. Crane, Teresa, yeah. because you married Julian in Bermuda. I know all about it. And she tells and her she, she sent. Yeah, she keeps going in there. Ethan will never forgive you. I know. I know the truth. And the whole world will know that you're Mrs. Julian Crane. Like, she just keeps, like, and repetitive, it's crazy. repetitive. Teresa was, like, playing, like, the innocent act for a minute. And the switch was nuts. When was when uh, Ivy says, I know what, everything, right? And then Teresa says, no, no, that's not true. What are you talking about? And then she's like, I have the marriage license. Oh, no, no, no. She says, I know everything. I sent somebody, da, 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 da. And then I, Teresa says, prove it. You can't prove it. You have no proof. Oh, and yeah. then Ivy's like, oh, no, look at this, bitch. This is a marriage yes. license. With your name and Julian's name. Is that not your name? Is that not your signature? Oh my God. She's got and, the marriage license. And that's that's when Teresa faints. I mean, like that is just like it and it, and it just ex escalates so fast. That's why it's like when you're watching the other stuff and fucking oh Grace, I've been watching you through my bird peepers binocular. It was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I don't care about the Sheridan scarf. I was like, Get back over here. Get back. Take me back to the Crane Mansion. Take me back. I want to go back. <laughs> yes. So, yes. She, because, oh, my God, that switch in Teresa, that crazy yeah. switch, she kind of flipped. And when she said, you don't, you have no proof. Oh, my God. I was like, uh-oh, not so lovable now, are we, lunatic? Yeah. And, um. So, yes, Ivy shows her the marriage certificate. And she says, Ivy goes, I mean, she goes off. She's just laying in Teresa. Ethan will never forgive you for this. No, Ethan will never forgive you this time, Teresa. The whole world will know the truth that you are Mrs. Julian Crane. And Teresa does pass out. She gives us the charity special and she passes out. And then she, uh, Ivy like pushes her and wakes her up. You and tells her, wake, wake up, you lying little bitch. Mm -hmm. And she says, you're not getting out of this by fainting. All of this is happening. Meanwhile, Ethan, and we're going to come back to Teresa. This is important. We have to talk about Ethan really quickly. Ethan, like, is talking with Julian downstairs about how he wants to stop the wedding and that he's looked through all the different legal ways to do it and he can't, he's coming up with bupkis. And uh, Julian's like, what do you, what do you expect? I own every judge in this town. Even though you, you own every judge in this town, but you couldn't get one to come and marry you today. But anyway. um, And then they shared like almost like a tender moment. It's very nice. Again, it was, it's, it's. Yeah, it was really it's just nice. just enough, right? To like remind us that all of Julian's misdeeds aside, and there are many, he losing Ethan is going to be one of the hardest things he's I think losing Eve and losing Ethan are two of the hardest things that he's ever had to deal with and that it just reminds you again and that's what I'm saying is like you are the one that pointed out to me that they do their best to make Julian uh more three-dimensional every once in a while and that's why we have such difficulty like hating this man because of his egregious acts because they'll give him stuff like this and he's talking to Ethan like 
like they used to talk like it's very evident that he calls he, him son yes and he it, calls and, him son by accident yeah but, he backstrack uh, it but he's like you can see and he tells he's like i'll never forgive ivy for that he took away my firstborn son but then i also play devil's advocate and i'm mad at him because i'm like you were still his dad you okay ra raised him the reason why I feel like this, this I wanted to put this, talk about okay. this right yeah. here, right now, is to remind everybody of the harm that Ivy has done. Mm -hmm. Ivy has done deep harm, and yeah. she won't, and she never really takes responsibility for it. Yeah, she she blames Julian, even though this particular a lot of things are Julian's fault. Yeah, this particular thing is not Julian's fault <laughs> at all. You see what I'm saying? And he yeah. actually, he actually is the victim. For once, Julian really is the victim of Ivy. And I think it's really important that we had this moment here because I don't want, I, I, I think the, the writers too, don't want us thinking that Ivy's the bad guy. And, I mean, Ivy's the good guy and Teresa's the bad guy. Ivy is far from the good guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ivy's far from the good guy. She's far from clean in this whole thing. Like, you you actually started this. Let's be clear. Well, and, Why and, did you keep those letters? Why were you keeping any of that? And and again, let's not forget that Ivy is doing something else on the side that we, if you're, if you're a couple episodes ahead, know that Ivy's up to something also that has nothing to do with Teresa and Ethan, but she's got her own shit going on. And she is, like you said, does not walk on water. She has faults and she has many of them. Yeah. Uh, Teresa and her have more, will continue to have more in common as the years go by. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So. I'm happy are, that you pointed that out. And I think it's really important that we see this moment between Ethan and Julian where Ethan, where Julian does show some humanity. He <clears throat> he has a moment with Ethan. And like you said, he says, you know, because Ethan is like, why are you doing this? Is this just to get revenge on mother? And Julian is like, She's, she took you. She took my son. She took my firstborn son. And a part of the conversation they were having was how proud Julian used to be of Ethan and how much he used to brag about, oh, he got it from his old man. Yeah, he stuff. talks spe specifically about the t t um, Ethan's tenacity and he yeah. always felt very, but then I'm like, I do believe that Julian is like a, a shark. Like I do believe that he probably was really savvy in business and like did, did some stuff. Uh, yeah, he's a, He's a, what, a, like a lech or like a, a lover boy. Like he had all those other things. But I mean, like he had to have had some like, you know, smart and wit to like continue to run. I, I think so. Um, ah, I, ah, 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 ah. Rich people fall up upwards all the time. I, uh, he's rich. He's a rich, mediocre white man. Uh, I just, I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to give okay. Julian too much credit as far as like, being a savvy businessman because also he also really just takes all of his um orders he takes orders from alistair yeah you know well, i don't think he does much on his own well then let me rephrase that and say that the t t that what he viewed as his own tenacity he saw in ethan i mean i will say that julian is definitely tenacious let's not i won't take that yeah from julian i think is that's kind of what tenacious. i was trying to go for but like I oh I can see where he he's very he's been very babied a lot but like like he yeah. 
didn't have to worry about a lot. But I do think that there were some things that there, his pride, his pride was very much involved with Ethan and his development. And like, I'm at least made one good thing. Okay. And the one good thing that I made isn't mine. Isn't mine. And that, and that is devastating. That's devastating. But also he, and Ethan points out to him, you dropped me like a like immediately and that is something again that i'm like even though you get points with me i'm like why did you like you didn't have to leave him like that what did ethan do to you he didn't do that to you Mm -hmm. it was done to him and to you like of the two people who could bond over this or the three if you want to count sam bennett in there but the two of them could have been like i you know i got but no because it is all about bloodline in that damn family yeah, and of course, and of course, Alistair is a huge part of that, oh, yeah. right? <clears throat> and he, yeah, and he was embarrassed. I, I mean, I'm not taking it. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. You were his dad. How could you just drop him like that? But I also, just in the context of the show, understand what happened. I don't yeah. agree with it at all. So anyway, they had this conversation. It's important to talk about because then... uh. Ethan goes to find Teresa and he enters just as Ivy's like laying into her and he wants to know what's going on, Teresa. What is it? And frantically, Teresa tells him, don't listen to her. Let's get out of here. We have to leave. He's trying to pull her out. Uh, Both women are just like yelling over each other, trying to be heard. And finally, Ethan, I mean, finally, Ivy says, She's a liar and a slut. And Ethan's like, I will not stand here and let you talk to the woman I love like that. And he starts to leave. And then Ivy exclaims, uh, "She look, just look at this. Just look at this paper, Ethan. And he, she hands him the paper, the marriage license. He looks at it. And he's like, what is this, Teresa? What is it? What does this mean? And Ivy, Ivy exclaims, it means your lovely fiance is married to Julian. She married Julian. And it was so great. It was so good. And he asks, is this true? And Teresa tearfully comes clean partially. He's like, yes, it's true. I'm, mar- I'm, I'm married to Julian, but it was a mistake, a horrible mistake. I had too much champagne. And then Ethan's like, too much champagne? That's all it took for you to marry Julian? I hate you. I want you out of my life. And it was at that moment I was like, oh, passion's got me. Yeah, Passion's got me. This is not real. I wrote it down. When he started going, I hate you. I want you out of my life. Yeah. Not real. Ethan just wouldn't say that. Um, Or maybe he will. But it just was so over the top for Ethan. Yeah. And uh, I was like, ah, passion's fucking good. They got me. They don't t- they don't get me that often anymore. But it looked like it was just what was happening. Yeah, because they didn't even give you any inkling. It went straight from the faint to this reaction. But mm-hmm. in my head, I kept going, wait, I feel like this lasts a little longer. And I couldn't remember. And sure enough, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking the same thing. But I was like, okay, I'm okay with this coming out now. Like this. Yeah, this was too. It was explosive. We're- and also the way that they got me, the reason it got me is because Teresa faints and Ivy wakes her up. Yeah. So I, you know, it, it, they so don't you, yeah. typically do it like that. Um. So anyway, then Ivy throws water on her and she wakes up and we realize everything we just saw after the faint was was fake. <laughs> um, 
And she throws water on her and says, Teresa, get up, you slut. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically. It's <laughs> oh, so actually, yeah. actually, I wrote it. It's, she wrote, she said, get up, you little tramp. That is exactly yeah. what she said. Um, Teresa then begs Ivy to let her explain. Ivy starts to gloat about, ha, 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 ha. Today yeah. I'm going to get my revenge on you, Julian yeah, and yeah. Rebecca, all at once. And she's like, it's over, Cinderella. You will never marry the prince. So she just never. keeps, yeah, yeah, she keeps going for her. I, this is where, again, please let me know if you wanted to say something about this, but this is where I got really upset again because Ivy. Again, we talked about it. You said Ivy's very smart. We know she's very smart. She should be able to do certain things about Teresa. She's known Teresa for many, many years. And she, you know, she would think this, but she goes, Teresa finally says, this is how it happened. I went over there to do this. He got me drunk. And she, Ivy says, well, I can believe that Julian got you drunk, but I don't. What the fuck? Come on. Like, then right there is where you have a conversation but it's what you said earlier today about her just wanting to blame it on teresa and leave it at her that she can't she sees a fact in front of her and still has blinders on ivy needs a scapegoat teresa yeah. is a perfect scapegoat for her because teresa is with ethan and this is a way for her to separate Ethan. And she can almost like imprint her own, like everything, all that, all the wrong that she has done onto Teresa and ha basically have her be the sacrificial lamb for all of her sins. The sin, yeah. Teresa gonna die for, for Ivy's sins. Yeah. So, so yeah, she need Ivy needs a scapegoat. Teresa's a perfect scapegoat. She refuses, like I said, she refuses to take responsibility and accountability for all of the shit that she has done and the, and the way we know I, I feel like a little while back it was like okay she was telling sam you know i know that you don't want me anymore i've turned over a new leaf yada yada right but like you said we're about to found, find out that she has not turned over a new leaf she is in fact just been the same leaf and it's just gotten more rotten and <laughs> I, she she is actually I, and listen y'all know i love ivy i love mm -hmm. ivy and, and i Same love here. teresa yeah they are deeply flawed deeply yeah. flawed and i mean i love my parents they too are deeply flawed you know <laughs> so am i we're all flawed you know in our ways but um yeah, she Ivy Ivy is trying to scapegoat Teresa at the end of the day. She she doesn't want to take responsibility for all of the things that she herself has done that she put into motion that yeah. and and take responsibility for the fact that this is actually and factually all her fault. Mm -hmm. All her fault. If and she it talks about Teresa being deceptive, manipulative. Talk about deception, bitch. Yeah. Decept yeah. you you really want to have a conversation around deception when you pass this man off as the uh, the crane heir for 25, 25 years and would have kept on doing it yeah that was never going to change uh, i yeah so and deceiving your own child your own child as much as you say you love him yeah. You lie to Ethan. You lie to Ethan his entire life. Teresa has only known, like, really been together with Ethan for like a year, right? 
So, I mean, she's been lying to him a little bit here and there. This is probably the biggest one. <laughs> You're going to upset the uh, the Gwen fans in, our, in the list. <laughs> I don't care. They know what podcast they listening to. <laughs> Listen. I am a Teresa apologist. Everybody knows no, no. this. Now I, now I will be. I feel like I have been giving her some. Well, we call her some spades. I'm gonna call her. I have some spades to call out right now. I, yeah, she's about to go. Spade. She's yes. about to go fucking nuts, and I do yeah. not agree with a damn thing she does next. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. It's coming. And in, and in fact, the one person I felt the worst for this week was Gwen. Gwen mm -hmm. was the one person I actually had the most sympathy for this week. Truly. Because she's dealing with a crazy mom. She's trying to, and she sincerely is worried about her mother, which she yeah. should be. And at one point, she gets knocked down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait when we get there. Okay. So anyway, um... Teresa begs Ivy not to tell Ethan uh, about the the paper or about the marriage. L actually, let me make sure I'm in the right place. Oh, yes. Actually, no. I want to talk about this real quick. So, yes. Teresa tells Ivy, Julian tricked me into marrying him. He got me drunk. Ivy says, yes, knowing what a bastard Julian is, I can believe it, but I don't. I hated that. I hated that. And then she says, oh, Maybe this was all your master plan all alone, uh, all along to get me, get Julian to divorce me, get me kicked out of my house so that you could have Julian all to yourself. But you see, I don't want him. If I wanted him, I would be with him. If I wanted him, I would be with him, dummy. What? Like, use your brain, yeah. Ivy. Use your fucking brain. Like I said, she just wants to scapegoat Teresa. Um, and Teresa says, I love Ethan. I would never hurt him. Yada, yada. We've heard it all before. I says, that's all you have ever done, Teresa. I can't believe a word that comes out of your mouth because you are a liar. And as soon as Ethan sees this paper, he will never love you again. Again, you are a liar, too. And he loves you. He loves you. Yeah. Okay. So then... Um, Teresa's begging Ivy not to tell Ethan. Ivy, of course, is ignoring her, heads for the door, and Teresa yells, I won't let you do this. And then she pulls, like, a cord from the back of the wheelchair. So she dis disables the wheelchair that way. And she, uh, Ivy picks up the phone. She's like, oh, I'm going to call Ethan. He's going to find out about this. Teresa grabs the phone, throws it across the room. Yeah. And Teresa says, Julian has the annulment papers and I'm going to go sign them. And then Ethan and I are going to leave here, leave this evil house, never come back. And we're going to elope. And, uh, and she says, he'll never divorce me, even if you do tell him the truth. So once we're married, that's, that's her thinking anyway, which I think is ridiculous. I think it's absurd. Yeah. That you think that, once he finds out what you, okay, let me keep going. Because she said, she, and she's at this point like baring her teeth at Ivy. It's getting vicious. Oh, yeah. Like this is full on. Teresa is, um, this is all been pent up. I think the lashings that she, like the, the, those verbal lashings that she got from Ivy were just way too much. And I think she snapped. I mean, there is a whole TV show called Snapped. And I think this mm -hmm. is where Teresa just was like, I'm I'm not losing Ethan. You can talk all the shit you want to to me, but I am not losing Ethan. And I think that, that it was incredible to see in her eyes, in her facial expressions, all of that stuff that was going down. Because not only does she 
steal the cordless phone away from uh, Ivy and throw it, but she unhooks the thing all together, like rips it out of the wall. She rips out the phone line, yeah. She rips out the phone line. And then Ivy's still trying to like get out of the room to the best of her ability. And that I think that's what made this so kind of like terrifying and this, sinister. Yeah. Ivy is a paraplegic in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. This girl has now disabled the wheelchair, thrown the phone across the room, ripped out the phone line, and then she goes and grabs a an iron fire poker from the fireplace and wields it like a baseball bat a yep. la Gwen. Yep. And she she says to um, Ivy, I won't let you take Ethan away from me. I won't let you take him away from me. And then she just starts beating the shit out of the wheelchair. Now, just to just so you understand what tension is going on at this point, this is prior to a commercial break where it looks like Teresa's about to kill ivy with that fire poker yeah when they come back is when they they finally let us know that she's using it to destroy the wheelchair the motorized wheelchair so that ivy cannot move anywhere but it, we i mean for a second you're looking at her like are you gonna are you gonna murder Bl ivy crane that's what, is she ivy about to bl bludgeon ivy to death and yes yeah, so she's holding it she's i won't let you tell ethan and she starts to beat the shit out of the wheelchair, flattens the tires, everything. And she says, I'm gonna go sign the annulment papers and find Ethan and we're gonna go elope and you won't even be able to get out of this room. Oh my God. It, it, it was it was a lot. It was so much so fast that it really upset me. I, and I love Teresa and I mean, so it, it was entertaining as fuck. I loved watching it. It was so delicious. But when I look at it and I'm and we do our deep dives here, it really upset me because I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm a mama's boy. If I any of those actions, you done. You're done. You're done. You're done. There's no way. There's no fucking world where you threatened my mama. Yeah. Where you? You know what? Where you disabled her wheelchair? And I'm and I'm like, why would you disable yeah. her with? You know, I, I I don't want anything to do with somebody who would do that to anybody, let alone yeah. my mother. Yeah. And then the violence of beating the wheelchair with the, yeah. the iron poker, psychotic. No, I'm with yeah. you. There's no there's no world where I find out this happened and i'm with you let alone the fact that she's married to julian yeah right like yeah. i don't know what's going through <laughs> this crazy girl's brain i don't again, know uh, I, yeah i was just say again entertaining as fuck as a viewer I'm, I'm having fun and it's great and it's 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 delicious and it's great but as i'm if i put myself in that position and ethan you know you walk in and you see this stuff or you find out about it later you, I, i'd be like i'm good i'm done <laughs> I can't, we can't come back from this. I'm calling the police. You're going to jail. Yeah. I, yeah. She assaulted <laughs> Ivy. She assaulted <laughs> Ivy, really. And I'm sure there's other crimes that she committed in that it, with her. I mean, just um, destroying the wheelchair, that at very least is like vandalism. Vandalism. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure it's very expensive wheelchairs, a very expensive wheelchair. So, I mean, it's yeah. probably like, you know, it escalates the the charge depending on how yeah. much the property 
that you yeah. damaged is. Um, so at the very least, Ivy could have her arrested for that. Um, so but anyway, again, am I loving unhinged <clears throat> Teresa? Yes, I am loving unhinged Teresa. Like to watch it, it's fun. It's wild. it's crazy. Wild, wild. This lovable lunatic. Wild. Lunatic, lunatic. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 given not so lovable lunatic. It actually, I, I, I'm not loving this. You know, I like the scheming and the 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 big eyes and the tears but, and the 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 wild emotional yeah. you know journeys that she takes me on. The violence, not I don't love so much. <laughs> yeah, but yes, I still love Teresa, y'all. But this is. Uh, this a lot. This and I will say it had me thinking, yo, I, because I am watching this with a grown up brain now, mm -hmm. right? And I wasn't watching it with a grown up brain before. And this is a perfect case study in why children shouldn't be allowed to make certain decisions. <laughs> because I was watching this and I thought, like, yeah, get Ivy. Well, like, no. It's very, yeah, it does influence you. Um, seeing Teresa do this first of all just just this is a landmark moment we do this our original teresa will never come back from this like nope. this is this is the big change because this teresa is, the is becomes mama i'm a big girl now like she is going to evolve and become she's still a good person in there like the, the intentions are always motivated by goodness but here she's like you know what in order to it's just kind of like Kay. in order to get to the good i'm gonna have to do some bad and in order to defend myself i'm gonna do whatever i have to to defend myself so as our guest medium from last episode predicted with that devil card from the tarot card reading teresa is going to metamorphosize into a new teresa 2.0 yeah yeah she's growing up she's she's made her choice i don't get it it's i don't get it it's so stupid it's so stupid at this point just that's, come clean yeah and that's what i'm saying is that when i get frustrated about this it's like to me the writers have been writing for years at this point about who Teresa is and they made her snap so fast where i'm like and i but again if i was getting yelled at like that and Teresa has kept her mouth shut, like tried to do the polite route. It's just like Kay saying, good did nothing for me. Teresa basically has the same uh, epiphany is that she's like, you know what? I'm not gonna let you stand between me and my man. And you know, hell hath no fury like her at this point. But it's so interesting because this girl is always talking about fate. Is this not yeah. fate? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, what she? Everything else is fate until it's not in your favor. I, particularly about Ethan. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. So, because, all right. Yeah. Well, that was good. Let's let's power on. Let's power. There's still I've, there's still plenty let's more to talk about here. Let's power on because there's no power in Ivy's wheelchair. So. No, she does not have a. She in fact does not have a power wheel. Um. So. Uh, Teresa she destroys it. It's it's she destroys obliterated. It. Teresa goes, slams the door behind her, and then these two women yell at each other through the door for like a while. For a while, Teresa yells, I'm sorry, Mrs. Crane, but I cannot lose Ethan. I can't. And then uh, Ivy yells back, I may be stuck in this wheelchair, but I will have my revenge. 
you are dreaming, Teresa, if you, uh, oh, she says, you are dreaming, Teresa, you have met your match in me. And damn and you, I, Teresa, you will not get away with this. And Teresa finally leaves after some back and forth. This, and I think it's important to, to say one thing here, before the, the door closed, um, she made it very clear, and Teresa was mad, full rage mad, she says mm. this. She, uh, Ivy goes, I will tell him everything. And to which Teresa goes, it doesn't matter because we're going to run away and we're going to elope and we're going to get married. And once we are married, he has told me we will, he will not divorce me. Yeah. And that is what really terrifies Ivy. So once the door closes, that is what Ivy's like. Because uh, she even on the other side of the door, she says, he and I will be husband and wife tonight. And that is what gets Ivy to like throw her off of her wheelchair. And she's like, I'm not done fighting. Yeah, Ivy manages to like shake, 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 and throw herself off of her wheelchair. She starts climbing to the door, like crawling to the door, pulling herself to the door. And uh, at this point, <laughs> Pilar comes in. Oh my God. This, this was great though. Yes, it was. It great. was. But I, again, I had to dissect this, and it was only lasted like maybe six minutes, maybe five minutes, and I was like dissecting the hell out of this because Pilar comes in and sees an an exhausted Ivy on the floor. And what have I been telling you about Pilar and Ivy's friendship? I know, I know, and I'm got really mad here too. I've been t I have been telling y'all, Ivy does not. Ivy, at the end of the day, she does think of Pilar as a friend, but only she also thinks of her as an employee, a housekeeper. They no. have they don't have a mutual relationship. So Ivy falls over. Pilar comes in. She's like, "Oh my God, Mrs. Crane, let me help you up. What what's going on?" Um, and then Ivy tells her that Teresa and Julian got married. It shows her the marriage certificate. And then she, <clears throat> Pilar doesn't have a real reaction and that's why and that's when ivy goes you knew you knew and you didn't tell me fair enough that's a fair enough reaction okay i'm, I'm yeah, still because, with ivy on this and again because this is all new to her pilar has had a long time to i mean first of all let us not forget pilar's freak out when she first found out about it and how long i mean like she's tried to kill julian many many times since then but like the idea that she's just catching up ivy is just getting there and for her to see her confidant stand there and know that but i'm like that's her mom i'm like you are doing everything for ethan so like just i, I don't know it her fury is so much but when she calls teresa a lying tramp of a your she says oh sh yeah she says yeah. don't you dare try to save your lying tramp of a daughter I, I mean, I, I know that she was on the floor and she is not doing well. We've been friends for years, but Pollard is known to slap anybody slap and everybody. Yeah. And sh I'm shocked that she just didn't beat her right there. Well, she says, don't you dare try to help your lying tramp of a daughter. And then Ivy says, help me, Pilar. Help me get downstairs. I have to save my son from making the biggest mistake of his life. Pilar pulls back, hands up. Nah, I can't help you with this one, Mrs. Crane. <laughs> she, <laughs> that, ooh, this was so good. I, 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 I just wrote good for Pilar. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely conflicted on this, but 
but I, I don't mind it. I'm going to say and that. I have, an, I have another confliction as well. So please know that I'm right there with you. That's what I'm saying. It's this whole, all of, in Ivy's bedroom, I have had so many mixed emotions throughout this entire week. And we'll because, talk about it, but yeah. Because at first, at first when uh, Ivy says, help me, Pilar, help me up. And Pilar's helping her. And she says, I have to save my son from making the biggest mistake of my life. And again, and there's Pilar genuine concern from Pilar about mm -hmm. Ivy being on the floor. Like my friends on the floor. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Or whether, whatever it is, my, my employee is on the floor, but it really is. Oh my God, Ivy, are you okay? And she pulls back and I went, Ooh, Ivy. I mean, I went, Ooh, Pilar, wait a minute, Pilar, wait a minute, girl. But then Ivy says to her very viciously, I, oh, I hated add, this. Yep. Get her. She get says, her. I sign your paychecks. You owe me some loyalty. <gasps> and that's where I was like, nah, you know what? No. I, I'm with Pilar, hands up. I'm off. No. I'm not doing this with you. Um, Pilar says, my loyalty first and foremost is to my family. And that includes my daughter. And Ivy looks at her and says, Pilar, you're not going to help me? And Pilar says, I'm afraid not. Mm, that's again, right. That's where I was with Pilar full heartedly. Like, come on, that's horrible. And then this is Pilar, where I freaked out. Yeah, this is where things took another turn where I was like, Pilar, what are you doing? Because uh, you could yeah. just let Ivy lay there. She grabs P Ivy by her ankles, starts to drag her. I mean, this woman is a paraplegic whom we've been told is like it's a in a precarious state with her spine. It might get better. It might not if she does yeah. too much. Pulls her by her ankles across the room. Ivy's screaming, "Ow, ow, my my back, my legs, ow!" And then she passes out. And I then was shocked by this. I just wanted to say, but she, I was like, "What was she going to do?" So she passes out, and Pilar freaks out. But I'm like, "What? What? What was Pilar's intentions?" I don't, I don't know. know. I was wondering. I thought maybe. I thought maybe she was going to try and get her back into her chair. That's what I assumed. I assumed Or into the she, bed? Yes, that's what I, I my, my assumption, because it happened so fast and Pilar's so pissed, they made it look like I'm dragging the dead body somewhere it, else. It looked Whereas, like they, she was trying to drag her away from the door maybe. Yeah, but my assumption is it was going to be like, I'm not going to let you do that, but I will help you get into your chair i'll help you get into the bed but if for a second there you're like "Ooh, what is what is pilar gonna do here well ivy passes out and then pilar starts to kind of panic she's like oh my goodness i have to call i have to get dr get somebody to call dr russell she tries to call but of course Teresa has ripped out the phone lines in here yeah. so she leaves to go call from somewhere else yeah. so i wrote, and ivy I wrote wakes this up yeah, I wrote this down. Pilar calls Dr. Russell so she can give her a sedative to sedate you for your fainting spell. That's what <laughs> that, she's good at the sedation. So but Ivy, it was a fake out. Yeah, Ivy wakes up. She was like faking like she had passed out um, to get Pilar to leave. Fair enough. Fair enough. Meanwhile, Teresa runs down the stairs while Rebecca and Gwen are going down the stairs. And Gwen, Rebecca is like having her wedding march down the yeah. stairs. Like she's about to go down the aisle. And Which, Teresa just bowls them over. Doesn't it? Like, I don't know. This girl, well, I guess she's just blacked out tunnel vision. Yeah. Well, here's, she knocks Gwen over. Go ahead. Yeah. And she falls down the stairs. There are two things about this. One, um, I do not want to forget this because it's hysterical. 
what we thought was Fiddler on the Roof type orchestration music for Timmy's little bit is actual music that the band is playing for the wedding to which it, it's just so farcical at this point. I just wanted to point it out because it's very funny that well, Rebecca Gwen says, yeah, Gwen yeah, says like, Re did you tell the band to play this? Why are you yeah, playing this? Rebecca's like, I mean, I love the musical, but I don't really think it's appropriate for a wedding. And so that's one thing. The second thing is let us know how powerful Teresa is. And what I'm saying by that is if she can knock down Norma of all people, Teresa can knock down Gwen and Gwen falls down those stairs yeah. like like a piece of trash just like falls so fast. So those were the two things that I was like, whoa, this is so much. Yeah, she rolls down the stairs and <laughs> Rebecca gets very upset and starts beating Teresa with her bouquet. How dare you hurt my baby? How dare you? And Which again annoyed me because I'm like, Teresa kick her ass i mean at this Teresa's point is trying to get away from her she's holding i will say she is holding Teresa and hitting her with the bouquet yes and it was annoying um, yeah it's frustrating and Teresa is trying to get away uh harper notices what's going on he's like oh julian you better get over there and do do your harper impression <laughs> oh you better you better go stop the first the second mrs crane uh no you better stop the third mrs crane from beating up the second mrs crane yeah and, yeah yeah you, your next wife from beating up your current wife there it was like there it was <laughs> and uh so julian so julian goes over breaks it up and uh Harper tries to get Teresa to sign those papers. He's like, Teresa, I have the, the papers for you. And she says, I don't have the time. There's no time. I have to find Ethan and runs off. Baby girl, the annulment is step one. The mm -hmm. annulment is step one. You can sign it right there on his back. You can and I think in her head, she thinks Ivy's right behind her. I think she thinks. How could she possibly I know. be right behind you, her? You locked her in a room. Well, you didn't lock her in the room, but you you did everything possible to stop her from leaving that room. She's a paraplegic whose wheelchair has been destroyed. Now, I get if she was worried that Ethan might get to Ivy, get back to Ivy before yeah. she was able to get to Ethan. But it takes it takes five seconds to sign a document. Sign the document, yeah. babe, and then go find Ethan, period. Because once you find Ethan, you can't sign the endowment papers, which she doesn't, by the way, everybody. Of course she doesn't. Um, she does finally find Ethan. Um, Rebecca and while Rebecca and Julian start their walk down the aisle, Re Rebecca's shocked by the miniature rabbi. She calls him a miniature rabbi, whatever. Um, Teresa finally finds Ethan and she tries to get him to leave with her. But then Harper stops, stops her saying, Teresa, I need you to sign these papers. And Ethan's like, what papers? What papers does, does Harper need you to sign, Teresa? And uh, Julian takes the papers from Ethan I'm sorry, Julian takes the papers and Ethan grabs grabs him saying, what's going on between you and my fiance? So Julian has the papers, Ethan grabs Julian and says, what's going on between you and my fiance? Meanwhile, Ivy has crawled her way down the hallway, is at the top of the staircase looking down on the scene. Um, but we shall see. Holding on to the stills. She holds on to the stills like Julia Sugarbaker from Designing Women. And she's <laughs> like, now I will have my revenge. Yeah, and she, that's we shall how see. it ends. It's crazy. It was a good. This week. was an absolute roller coaster. That yeah. all of that stuff was just. And to me, this is again 
just like um Ethan's paternity, this is peak passions. Yeah. This is Oh yeah. And yeah. we're doing this is this is the turn. This is the turning point for Teresa for sure. Um yeah, I, I and I'm interested to see how they get out of this little moment. Um yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm interested I might have to watch some tonight cuz yeah. I'm very interested to see what the hell's coming next. So I will say my tea leaves have told me we're still going to be here for a good long while. <laughs> cuz oh, that's yeah. what we do here on Harmony. I if I remember correctly, everything starts to come out in like pieces. It's like yes. segmented. Baby yeah. steps. Yeah, it's it's all very annoying. Well, that's the episode, everybody. Uh, where can everybody find you, Eric? Online? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm Mr. Eric Veda on everything. And uh, yeah, it was a roller coaster of a week and it was fun. I really had a blast rewatching these. And I've seen them just fresh and I watched them again and I was like, oh, yeah, there's so much juice here. It was a good week. Yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited to see you again next week, right? Yeah. We'll see you of again course. next week for Passions. Mm -hmm. All right. So everybody, remember you can catch me on all the social medias. Just check the link tree and sign up for the Patreon, buy some merch. Um, we've been having some some nice discussions on the Discord, so you can sign I up for saw. the. Yeah, that was. Yeah. A, that, I was reading some of them, and I love them because half of them were spoilers, um, and so because but we in this community know them. But it was cool to click on them and see what the reveals were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You don't have to see the spoilers, but somebody will put it there that you, you know, it's covered yeah. up. And if you click on it, you can see it. So, which is a cool thing. I didn't know you could do it's until so like cool. yeah. a month ago. But anyway, uh, yes, thank you all for listening. Uh, that's it. That's the show. You are my passion for love.